our boys and girls. Aunt Becky's got something for you here today. The rest of us, we can grab our Bibles, and we are going to take a look today. Let me make sure I'm on the right. Here we go. Good. I didn't want to read the news to you. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to the book of Exodus today. We are going to continue. That's the second book of the Bible, by the way, the book of Exodus. And here's what we've been doing. We have been uh, looking at the different Jehovah names in the Bible. And all throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, uh, something significant would take place either for the people of God or, or, or something similar to that. And there would often be a moment where somebody would maybe create a, uh, uh, an altar and they would call that place Jehovah and then you fill in the blank. Now, two weeks ago, we started this series when Abraham uh, came up with Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And he did that when, uh, when the Lord provided a ram to sacrifice instead of his son, Isaac. Abraham was very thankful for that. Probably Isaac too. Can you say amen to that? So Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And, and so we, we've started this. We're going to take a look at a few more. Today, we're going to look at another moment. And this one is Jehovah Nisi. It literally means the Lord is our banner. The Lord is our banner. And I'm going to look at the story. And for some of you, uh, maybe you've never heard this story before. Others, you've heard about it. And it says a lot about the battles that we face. How many of you know that once in a while, as followers of Jesus Christ, we go through some battles? Would you agree with me? Right? We go through some hardships. We go through some difficulties. Well, the people of God here in Exodus chapter 17, beginning in verse 8, Exodus 17, beginning in verse 8, the people of God were attacked by a, uh, uh, a rival army, actually a, a, an enemy that was fierce against the people of God. But there was something about this battle that changed everything. And I'd like to share that with you here today. I think God's going to speak to you today about the battles that we face. So if you're able to, would you stand with me and honor God's word as we read this together? Now, if you don't have your Bible, good news for you. I've got all the scriptures on the screen so you could follow right along with me when I refer to some scriptures here today, okay? Are we all set? Here we go. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidium. Now, Amalekites, those are the enemy, okay? Sworn enemy of the people of God, all right? Keep that in mind. Verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. 
When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. And then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. And he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. And as we've been doing, I want to show you verse 15 in another translation. This is, uh, if, if you didn't know, there's a lot of different translations in the Bible. This is Young's literal translation. And here's what it says. Moses buildeth an altar and calleth its name Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. So God... I pray that you would meet with us today as we examine those times that we go through some battles, those times that we go through some hardships. As we examine those times, Lord God, in fact, maybe some of us listening to this are right there right now. And God, I ask you that you would move in your people's lives, in my life, in every life that's listening to this, God, that we would be changed. And help us to know, Lord, that you, as we sang earlier, you are fighting for us. So, Lord, go before us. In your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, just in case you have bought the idea that uh, going through trials or difficulties or battles, that's not for a person who knows Jesus. Uh uh uh. No. Everything is pudding and ice cream from now on because you follow Jesus, right? Well, how long did it take all of us to figure out that that was not the case, right? Maybe an hour uh, or, or maybe a matter of days. And, and this is where a lot of people kind of get shipwrecked a bit uh, or are a little bit derailed in their relationship with God because we think the presence of a battle means the absence of God. And I will just tell you that you might be going through a difficulty, but God is still there with you. He never left you. In fact, the Bible promises that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And so, so how do we deal with these moments? Because here's what I've seen. And I'll address some of this as we, as we go further in this message. Here's what I've seen. I've seen people who, the moment a battle comes, they default then into some crazy decisions. Well, all right, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to go to church anymore. No more Bible, no more prayer. No more, I mean, what good is it? I hear this stuff. And, and, and then it goes to other things. Well, I'm not going to hang out with those people anymore. In fact, I'm going to give up my cat. I, my cat has nothing to do with it, but I'm just going to do it. And, 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 and we're, I'm going to quit my job. And it's like, ugh. You know, hey, and, and let me just pause here and just tell you that when you're going through difficulty and you're stressed, okay, and you've got some anxiety or some of the other feelings that come with that, can I just tell you, 
that that is not the time to make a big decision. Let me say that again. If you're really full of anger or hurt or disappointment or anxiety, that is not the moment to make a big decision. Some people make purchases, some people kill relationships, some people enter bad relationships, and, and, and really, they just need to do what God wants them to do. That was free. That's not even in my notes. So whoever that's for, there you go. But I think there's some important questions for us to ask when we go through some trials. When we go through the battles that we face. Again, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. So when we go through the trouble, and when we go through the difficulty, and none of us likes it, okay? None of us, you know, we're not, we're not saying, yay, all right, I'm sick. You know, none of us are doing that. But what should we ask ourselves when we face the battles? These questions can actually be answered in the story that we just read. And I want to share those with you today. Here's the first question. Am I aware of this battle? Am I even aware that there's a battle going on? Or am I just super weird? Don't answer that. And stop pointing. But am I aware that there is a battle that's going on in my life? Am I aware that this is going on? And see, again, look at verse 8, okay? This seems so basic, but I had to bring it up, okay? Verse 8, the Amalekites came and they attacked the Israelites at Rephidim, or Rephidim, whatever. I just pronounce it anyway, because you don't know how to pronounce it either. So Rephidim. So there was an attack, there was a battle, there was a difficulty that took place against the people of God. Well, guess what, people of God? We're going to go through it too. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay? Because sometimes, how many of you know that sometimes we Christians, we can get a little bit weird, right? You've seen it, and we usually get on TV. And, 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 and. Sometimes we, we think, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to overplay this. I don't want to over-spiritualize this. You, you ever, ever tell that to yourself? But then I remind you what Paul had to say. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 6, he says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Do you know what a lot of problem is for a lot of Christ followers is that we can't pinpoint who our enemy is. Or we actually substitute who our enemy is for something or someone else. We think it's a political party. It's not. We think it's a candidate. Boy, next year and a half ought to be fun. It's not. That's not your enemy. We think it's our boss. No. Don't amen, Nicole. We, 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 we think it's this and that. And, and truth be told, there's a bigger picture that takes place with every battle that we're facing. Hear me. Every battle you face, there are two goals that the opposite sides have for you. 
God's goal is to make you stronger and more mature and more dependent on him by relying on him throughout the battle. That's God's goal. The enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, to discourage you, to try to convince you to step away from your relationship with God, to try to lessen your faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Every battle you face, those are the two warring goals for every battle that goes on in your life. The person who chooses which way to go is you. It's you. Satan cannot make you turn away from God. And God will not make you turn completely to him. It's a choice that you and I both make. So how do we fight these battles? How do we deal with this stuff? Well, Paul again speaks, this time in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And he says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, I've said it before, but the enemy of our soul is afraid when even the weakest Christian bends their knee to pray. Why do you think it's that one thing the devil does not want you to do? Because he knows the power in it. He knows that your circumstances can totally be overhauled and changed because you choose to pray because you choose to remain faithful, that you remain true to what God's word has to say. We don't fight, and here, we don't fight supernatural battles through natural means. There's a bigger picture going on. Let's really make this big. For our country, okay, I know there's a lot of nifty ideas how we should all change our country for the better. And I'm sure God can use some of those. But, but overall, hear me. It's when God's people get serious with God and get serious about prayer and remaining faithful to God, that's when we will see a change take place in our country. No, 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 you don't understand. It's when this person becomes our president. Everything will be better. I don't think so. I don't think so. And we need, I'm just going to say this now. We need to put our loyalty more in Jesus Christ than any other candidate or any person. I'm going to move on before I get in trouble. Oh, no. You don't get the emails. So, But we are, I'll forward them to you. We are very much, we are very much in a battle. Every one of us. And some people in the church fail to see that. We, we forget it. And again, the enemy of your soul is not just trying to make you feel yucky. The enemy of your soul is trying to destroy you. You think all he wants to do is make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> Jesus will allow that. He will. Because Jesus cares more about your character than your comfort. And so even if it takes my being a little bit uncomfortable, Jesus will still, he will still get the victory. How do you know fighting is not comfortable? It's not. Any pro fighter will tell you they do take some shots to the chin once in a while. Fighting hurts. Fighting is tough. In spiritual battles, 
They're not easy. But they are winnable through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So the first question that we should all ask ourselves, am I aware that there's a battle? And the resounding answer is yes. Every single one of us. So every difficulty you're going through, you're not over-spiritualizing by saying that the enemy has a goal in trying to destroy you and discourage you. There's something spiritual going on there, but God is greater. So here's the second question then that we should ask. Am I alone in this battle? Now we know, because I already said it, that God's always with us, right? Okay, so... If you've convinced yourself that God's abandoned you, don't believe that lie anymore. God's with you. But I want to talk about whom you surround yourself with when difficulties come. Take a look at verses 10 and 11. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the enemy, the Amalekites, were winning. Now I want you to picture this. I want you to picture this. Moses didn't go to that hillside by himself. He brought people whom he could count on. People who would, it would be spiritually healthy for him to be around. People who could help him win. You know, I've met a lot of Christians who, when they go through some battles in their lives, you know what they do? They surround themselves with all the wrong people. They will try to find people who are as miserable as they are. And we don't even want to win. We just want to be miserable together is what we want to do. There are some, because I've seen it, there are some that will surround themselves or have somebody close to them who maybe failed to win the battle that was going on, and because they don't want to be the only loser, they will try to show you how to lose instead of winning. Well, you know what I did? I just walked away from my family. I walked away from church, and boy, you should do the same. No. Wow, I've seen people give up on spouses because they listen to the voice of somebody who was not healthy when they went through a challenge in their lives. You know what I love about this story here is the fact that, and we're going to see this in the next point, but Aaron and her turned out to be the key to the victory for God's people winning. And again, if you're missing what's going on, Moses had the staff of God in his hand. It's the same staff that he has had all through this journey. And every time he kept those hands up with the staff in his hand, the people of God were winning. Now, how many of you know, keeping your hands up like this can be very taxing. It's hard. 
I remember, when, I remember when we were in youth ministry, and we had a puppet team. We would do puppets for the inner city uh, ministry that we had. Big mistake, because we found out they all hated puppets. <laughs> we didn't know that. So they... <laughs> They would boo the puppets. It's time for puppets. Boo, we hate puppets. I thought, oh boy, it's going to be a rough five minutes. Hi, kids. And, and uh, in fact, one of them actually came to the stage and punched one of the puppets. It was a beautiful day in God's house that day. Anyway, but one thing, <laughs> I'm not joking. Poor puppet had a concussion. So here we are. And, and man, I tell you what, when, when you're doing puppets, and you're keeping your arm up, it starts to burn about right here, right? Those of you who work out, I'm told, uh, <laughs> seems like a neat idea. But man, you keep your arm up like that, that could get really, really sore. And so like our puppets would be like, hey, kids, how are you doing? And after a while, we get so tired, be like, hey, kids, how are you doing? You know, and just, it's no wonder they punch the puppets. So we try to, you know, change hands, and it looked like our puppet was like manifesting something. It was just really crazy, and and we would, I mean, we would be sore after about like two minutes. So here's Moses, who's not the youngest guy in the world. Can we remind ourselves of this? Over eighty, at least. No offense if anybody in here is over eighty, but here he is. That's got to get tiring. That's got to be tough. And who, who did he bring with him? He brought two guys that he knew could somehow help him win. I can't say this enough. We need to be careful who we surround ourselves with when we go through battles. You got to keep people near you who will help you win. And that doesn't mean every single Facebook follower that you have. In fact, no, yeah, you know what, you don't, you don't have to throw it all on Facebook or social media, whatever your chosen social media is, because a lot of times it kind of gets passive aggressive anyway. I'm not talking to anybody, send. I can't believe nobody asked me why I'm not talking to anybody, Send. I can't believe nobody is still reaching out. It just like, we don't know how to approach you. My husband is such a jerk. Don't put that on social media. Don't put it anywhere. Put it in the Lord's hands. But when you're going through these emotional battles, don't hit up Twitter, don't hit up Facebook, don't hit up whatever you're using, but hit up God. And surround yourself with people that will help you win. People you can trust. People that know how it is to keep a confidence. And by the way, if somebody comes to you with all the dirt that they heard from somebody else and you think you can trust that person, <laughs> no, they will, they, it's your turn. So be guarded with whom you surround yourself with. I'm talking about Christian people. Be careful whom you surround yourself with. It might just be two or three. It might be an Aaron or a her. Every godly hymn needs a her. 
That was so awesome. Thank you. I'm here all week. Thank you. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Who, who, who's around you? Who has your ear? Whose ear do you have? Is it someone who's going to agree with everything you say, or will they challenge you even? Will they lead you closer to God? Surround yourself with a person who makes you want to be closer to God. I got to hurry. Third question. Third question. Am I active in this battle? How many of you know there's a responsibility on your part to fight these battles? A lot of people think, okay, God, do it, amen, and we just sit there. And you know what? Moses could have tried that. Moses has a pretty good resume. He kind of parted the Red Sea. He could have just said, God, here's the staff. Boom, zap them all. But God had a different plan this time. So God, it looks like, instructed Moses to take the, the, the staff of God and hold it up. And as long as he kept those hands up, the people of God were winning. And when he lowered them, they didn't. Now look at verse 12. It gets even deeper. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. There's so much here. There's so much here. You see, this message is not just for the Moses people in here. It's also for the Aaron's and the hers. Because sometimes Moses gets tired with the battle. Sometimes Moses gets weary. Sometimes your friends are just exhausted. They're discouraged. They want to quit. How many times do you think Moses said, oh, my arms are burning. I can't do this anymore. I got to imagine that that kind of conversation might have been going on on that hillside. And it was at that moment that Aaron and her said, tell you what, Moses, have a seat. Boom. Here's a stone. Sit on this stone. Now get those hands up and we're going to hold your hands up. And you know what? We'll get tired too. But as long as you keep those hands up, we're with you. And in fact, this didn't happen in five minutes. This didn't happen in 10 minutes. They did this all the way until sunset. This is an all-day affair. Some of us, it would be a strain to do this just for five minutes. Even holding up Moses' arms. But Aaron and her were committed. Oh, man. They were committed to seeing Moses win. Aaron, her, listen to me. Are you committed to seeing your friend win? Or the first time they complain that their shoulders are burning, are you saying, well, okay, you're on your own. I got better things to do than to hold up your smelly arms. I got better things to do than to hear you complain. I got better things to do than to try to remind you of stuff that you should have known all this time because you've been serving God for a long time. I'm getting a little tired of this. And you know what? Aaron and her, it's going to get tiring. When Moses gets tired, you're going to get tired. But you've got to be committed to holding up his arms. You've got to be committed to holding up the arms of your friend who's struggling, who's hurting. 
They were active. They were not just spectators. Some people wonder, what can I do for the Lord? You know what you could do? You, you could pray for that person who's struggling. We got people in this church family right now that are struggling and going through some really tough issues. They need Aaron and her. They don't need people judging them, trying to tell them what they should have done right. They don't need people to say, you know what? Uh, you should buy this book on Amazon. I think it might help you. They, they just need somebody. They just need somebody to say, you know what, Moses? I bet you're tired. Let me come right alongside you and lift you up. And I will not leave your side until we see victory. I will not leave your side until we see a change. It might take an hour. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a year. But I'm committed to you, Moses. I'm committed to you. Some of us, we've got a Moses in our life. And his arms have grown tired. And the enemy is winning. And you have been put into his life, into her life, to lift up Moses' arms so that they can win, to encourage them, to let them know that you love them, even when they are unlovable. Moses needs you. Without Aaron and her, Moses doesn't make it, and the people of God don't survive. Think of it. The key to this victory was really Aaron and her. We need to do everything it takes to see victory take place. We, we can't afford just to say, oh, well, we'll just let that one go. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford Moses to put his hands down. We, we, we can't. We, the, the people of God, that they need us. They need us. Am I alone in this battle? If you're trying to fight this battle alone, stop. You need to get with somebody that can help you. And if you are Aaron or her in that person's life, you stay committed to that. Because Moses needs you. Here's the final question to ask today. <laughs> Do I need the attention in this battle. So we read the story. The people of God win, correct? And who did I say that the key to victory was? Aaron and her and Moses, right? Well, let's take a look at verse 13. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Now, there are some Aaron's and hers and some Moseses. Is that how you pronounce that? The, pl the plural of Moses? Moseses. I have trouble with that word. They would be greatly offended by that statement. What do you mean Joshua won? I had to hold up a sweaty arm. I don't even think he bathed. It was horrible. It, wasn't that it was not comfortable. How about Moses? Moses wrote this, by the way. But Moses, he held the staff. Aaron and her held up the old man's arms, but, but God 
inspired the writing to say that it was Joshua who overcame the army. All the glory does not go to you when you win a victory. I believe in testimonies. But sometimes you may not get the attention that you might feel that you need or deserve. You know what? Aaron, her, you fight that battle with Moses, whether you get the credit or not. People might say, oh, look what God's done, and your name may never come up. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. I have learned throughout my life that the opinion that really matters is that of God. What does he think? What are his feelings on this? Am I going to get credit for this? Am I going to get credit for that? You know what? Things, and I believe they're going to go well Saturday. When we have this huge event with over 400 children coming through our door, at least registered, who's, who's going to get the credit for that challenge? It needs to be the Lord. And you, you, you might have bought supplies, and, and you might have worked hard, and, and all of that matters, Aaron. All of that is significant, her. But don't let that be the goal for why you do what you do. Are you willing to do some significant things and never get the credit for it? That is greatness in the kingdom of God. Now I want to show you verses 15 and 16 one more time before I close. Jonathan, if you can help me out. It says, Moses built an altar and he called it the Lord is my banner. Now I would have called it the Lord's my fighter. But the Lord's my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. And so, I got to thinking about banners. How many sports fans here? Let me see your hands. Okay. <laughs> How many of you at least saw sports one time on TV? Okay, okay good. Oh, my goodness. Huge sports fan. Your pastor. Love sports. And there's something special that a lot of teams do when they win championships, when they win significant victories. A lot of times they'll hang banners from the stadium. For example, God's team, the Dallas Cowboys. They've won five Super Bowls, which is about five more than the Browns have won. But they, they've won. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and, and they kind of have these decorations to kind of symbolize that. You may not know, uh, I've been an L.A. Lakers fan since I was a kid. I don't follow the NBA as close now, but if you were to go to the Spectrum, which is where the uh, Lakers have played for many, many years, it's had different names, you would see all these banners hanging from the rafters of the 
world championships that they've won. I look up there. These are just some of them. I see the Kobe teams. I see the uh, Magic Johnson teams. I see the three-peat up there on the left. Good times. And, and all those banners are to remind the fans and even the players of past victories. And I love that last one. <laughs> it says, stay tuned, Lakers family. Because there's always room for one more banner. Hey, stay tuned, family of God. Want to know why? Because there's always room for one more banner. See, a banner tells the world. It tells your opponent. Yeah, we've won some battles. We've won championships. We've won titles. We've won some wars. In fact, in the Old Testament times, you would see flags and banners that would signify different battles and wars that they've won. So like when, when armies would face off, they'd be like, ooh, okay. These people know what they're doing. And so when Moses built that altar and said, the Lord is my banner, the Lord is announcing that my people have won and stay tuned, family, because there's always room for another banner. And church, a lot of you, you have banners. You, you, you have personal banners. God has healed you in the past. That's a banner. God has saved you. That's a, a banner. He has forgiven you. He he answered a prayer that you had. That, that's a banner. He got you through a really dark, difficult time. He saved your marriage. He finally got you that job that you were looking for. Banners. And I think sometimes we don't hang our banners prominently in our spiritual ceilings so that we could see them. I think sometimes we just kind of fold them up and we kind of put them away. And we forget what God's done in the past. But the same God who has healed you before is the same God that could do it again. Why? Because he's always fighting for you. We sang it earlier. Our God is fighting for us. We are not alone. So when we say he is Jehovah Nissi, he is the Lord is our banner. What we're saying is that we've won some battles. And that banner is not just to be broadcast for you to see. It's also to be broadcast for the enemy to see. I've won some battles, devil. And you think you can discourage me with this. And this onslaught might be tough, but I'm going to tell you what. I've got me a banner here. I've won some championships. I've won some fights. Me and God and I got room for another one. So if you want to come at me, okay. But you're not coming against me. You're fighting God himself. I've got some people around me that I can count on. I'm not going to give up. I might be tired. You might beat me up just a little bit. But I'm not going to give up until I see that banner raised. Because he is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. He will win my battle. win yours.
Don't fight alone. Don't check out. Moses, get those hands up. But you can win this if you depend on the Lord. Because there's room. There's room for another banner in your life. There's room for another banner. Will you stand with me? I'm talking to some people today that are going through some battles and maybe you've tried to battle this alone. Maybe you're really discouraged. Jehovah Nisi is here. Your banner. The Lord is your banner. And the Lord has another victory in store for you. There's room for another banner. And today, today is the day to spiritually get those hands up. And if you need to call upon Aaron and her before you leave here, or maybe you need to make some calls before you before you lay your head down to sleep tonight, but surround yourself with Aaron and her. Get the right people around you and let's win this thing. This is why, by the way, I gotta say this, this is why this dynamic is so important. This is why the local church is so important. Not just to hear me blabber on for a few minutes and have all my points the same letter. That's not why. The reason why is because we do life together. And when life gets messy and life gets difficult, we call on Aaron, we call on her. And they help us keep those hands up. You know who wins when we do that? All of God's people. He is the Lord, your banner. If you're facing a battle today, I want you to call upon the name of the Lord even right now. Can we do that, Jesus? Right now. Just give him your battle right now. Would you do that? It might be physical. It might be emotional. It might be a relationship that you're uh, going through that's really difficult. Maybe you've got some pain that you're dealing with. Not physical, but emotional. Maybe somebody has treated you wrong. Maybe you're not sure what the answer is going to be. Maybe things at work are not going the way that they should. Would you just give God that battle right now? What's God saying to you? What's God saying to you, Moses? What's God saying to you? Don't stop. If he's saying pray, don't you stop praying. If he's saying stay faithful, don't you back off. If he's saying get get into his word like you never had before, don't drop those arms. Don't drop those arms. And if you need to surround yourself with Aaron and her to get it done, then you do it. Don't fight this alone. That's what the church is here for. So Jesus, we give you every battle that's represented under the sound of my voice. Some are in this room. Some are joining us online. And God, I pray that we would do what you command us to do. It may be something we've never done. Jesus, we, we don't read of Moses ever doing this again. But God, it was at this one point that you chose for Moses to do something unique with two other people and victory was, was accomplished. Lord, I'm praying that you would speak to the hearts of people here today that maybe you want us to do something that we have never done. It might even be out of our comfort zone and we might even need the help of other people. Lord, I pray that you would speak to the Moses in this room, that you would speak to the Aaron that's watching us online. God, that you would touch the heart of the her that is in our general vicinity. And Lord God, that we would see victory take place. 
So God, we commit these battles to you because you are Jehovah, our banner. And there's room for another banner in our life. So Lord, as we go from here, we walk with our banners flying high, knowing that the same God who touched us before is the same God who will touch us again. And Lord, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now Moses, if you need to spend some time talking to the Lord about your battle, would you do that before you leave here? And if God's released you, you can be dismissed. God bless you. Let's win some battles this week. Amen.